Hello, and welcome to the Wild Blue Podcast, perspectives on aviation lives, lifestyles, and business. Hi, this is Chris Kirk, along with Todd Mitten for the Wild Blue Podcast. And uh, today's episode is actually brought to you by our Wild Blue Buyer's Agent Services. So are you tired of chasing down airplanes that are misrepresented or that have already been sold? If so, and you're looking to get the right airplane the first time, give us a call. So Todd and I are going to talk a little bit about some of the, uh, the red flags that we see in the buying process today. And, you know, statements people say, things that they do, things that should raise the, the hair on the back of your neck if you are, you know, in the buying process. Whether it's your first time or your tenth time, it really doesn't matter. Uh, we tend to see these, these very things over and over again. So, Todd, good to have you. Good to be here with you today. And uh, I'll just let you throw something out. You got anything that, you know, you see as a red flag? Well, hey, Chris, it is nice to be back. I always enjoy uh, our opportunities to chat like this. And uh, I mean, certainly, I think this is an interesting topic that uh, buyers are going to be, uh, I think, uh, find interesting. You may be aware, like you said, people may know about this already, but uh, a lot of the airplanes that or owners that we talk to actually have a perfect airplane. I wish I had a perfect airplane, Chris. Do you? Yours is, is your, yours is perfect. Yours is close to perfect. I know, I know. Uh, but uh, I think that's the first one that uh, maybe would raise a red flag because I think there are no perfect airplanes. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, yeah. You know, airplane owners. I mean, you and I are the same way. You're proud of your airplane. Uh, you know, you you, um, you you want to put it in the paint it in the best light, right? Right. But. Uh, but sometimes, and I, this this is something that we see, is that you know a lot of airplane owners don't really um, they they're, they're really not out there in the mix of the general aviation community and don't really have anything current to compare their well, that, with. That's a great point. You know, you'll have guys with an older radio. I mean, uh, let's pick not even one that old, but a four thirty Wasp, for example, good radio and everything. Frankly, just getting a little long in the tooth now in comparison to what's out there. But but some owners, what you're referring to, they don't realize it. It works for them, and they've flown with that radio for 15 years. And it's, I mean, it's it's got them down on some approaches and all. And for them, that's the perfect radio. The next guy may not see it that way, however. So they they yeah. the owner tends to overvalue that piece of equipment. Yeah, and, and you know that's that's an interesting point, and that is the airplane is probably when they say this, it's probably perfect for them, mm-hmm. but maybe not perfect in terms of flawless. Because you know we'll we'll hear owners say this about an airplane, and then you'll go and and, and we go and see uh, every airplane that we represent, and so we'll go and see it, you know, and there'll be you know the the, t- the typical stuff. There'll be uh, chips on the leading edges, uh, you know, there'll be. Maybe a leak or two. A here stain, there. stain on the carpet, something like that. Yeah, and you'll ask the owner about that. Well, you know, it's <laughs> there's always a story about it. So, yeah, we well, don't bring up that they told us it was perfect, but sometimes I think you brought up the, the first lesson of what we're trying to convey today, and that is that uh, if the if the owner says it's perfect, it it may be perfect for him or her. But that doesn't mean it's perfect. But you should go into it as a buyer and then with an open mind, understand that they are emotionally attached to their airplane, right. uh, not with a goal to offend them. But you have to, that's a balance that we can eventually talk about, like uh, 
how do you balance not offending somebody with with telling them their thoughts? So yeah, uh, that that's a good one. Well, it, it does contrast a little bit here. It's probably a good little segue with um, buyers who, you know, through especially through the pre-purchase inspection process, we see this and, and shops too that that they try to turn this used airplane into a new one. And so they expect all these items to be, you know, factory fresh, to be, you know, mm-hmm. freshly signed off. And, and that's not reality. You're, the reality is you're buying a used airplane that's going to have some warts on it and, and some things that uh, may not have been complied with, but it's still operating legally. Um, or, you know, sometimes, and Todd, you'll know that, I, I won't share the airplane, but you'll know the instance I'm talking about here where we had a, uh, a mechanic go flying with the buyer doing a test flight, and the mechanic makes mention of the airplane not having, I don't remember what it was. Well, you know, this airplane doesn't have uh, altitude hold. And then all of a sudden, the, the buyer is worried about, well, gosh, you guys didn't tell me it didn't have altitude hold. Well, yeah, actually, it, actually we did, and, and it, you're not buying an airplane with altitude hold. So you can't expect it to have everything that you want to have with it. Mechanics sometimes are, are, are notorious for introducing uh, items into the, uh, the transaction that really have no bearing with it. You're, you're buying a 30-year-old airplane that's got a 30-year-old autopilot, Yes, you're right. It is not a GFC 700. So how do you, as a buyer, how, how do you approach that? How do you balance that, uh, that mindset? The airplane is what it is. We talk about this a lot. The air, it, you may want it to be something, or, or the mechanic or your buddy you brought with you to go fly along. That's another person yeah, who will yeah. speak up like, the, like what, the incident you're referring to, but... Uh, they may have an opinion of what things should have, but it doesn't necessarily have that. So we have to, as buyers, we have to reconcile that it sort of is what it is. Now, what it is has value. What you wish it had has value too, but they're not the same same values. We're buying what it is versus what we wish it were. Right. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. So I guess red flag number one, though, getting back on topic here that I kind of got us down a rabbit trail, is you know, people that tell you the, uh, the airplane is perfect. Uh, another one kind of segueing into that is... is oh, the, better than new. <laughs> you knew it. You know, I, there could be a... I've thought of an example of better than new. Maybe you're buying an old Piper P-18 or, or something like that. PA-18, I should say, uh, Super Cub, and they've got new radios in it that maybe it is better than new. I don't know. But in general, while we hear that term better, and really what we're getting at, Chris, is airplanes that have had damage that have been been repaired. Right. And so you're the one that said this first, and I just think this is so so, so important to point out. An airplane, if it if if it's better than new after it was repaired, why wouldn't you intentionally go out and damage your airplane so as to fix it better than new? There is not really right. better than new. It can be repaired to the level that is like new or close to like new. But if a if a owner tells you his airplane is better than new, that's a red flag. It, it is a red flag, and and the question that you have to think about is. 
if you have two airplanes that are identical, um, whatever they may be, let's just use an A36 for example, two Bonanzas, they're identical, and one has had a gear up and one hasn't. The one that's had the gear up was fixed to the quote unquote better than new standards, uh, and the other one wasn't. They're asking the same price. Which one which, are you going right, to want? Right, which one? That's the question. Now, are you going to pay a premium for the better than new airplane, or are you going to pay more for the one that has never had a blemish on it? Yeah. I think most of us can answer that question pretty honestly and pretty quickly. And so as soon as a guy tells you it's better than new, he's trying to sell you on the fact that, hey, it's, it's had damage history. Uh, you know, frankly, we just believe, just to disclose what damage history it's had. People, for the most part, are reasonable. They understand airplanes have had things happen to them. I mean, they're moving pieces of, of machinery. Something's going to happen at some point. Honestly, one of the, uh, I guess you would call it the more art aspect of our job, one of the arts of our, of our role as aircraft brokers is assessing what is the value of that damage uh, or damage history. Yeah you know, repaired properly. And that's the first thing I know we both always look at. We look at the log books and we, we do our best to ascertain was this airplane repaired. And even we take a look at them pretty closely when we go, when we go see them. We certainly, we're underneath the airplane looking around and crawling around. So you as a buyer, whether you're using a broker or working through a broker or buying from an individual or whatever, also are going to have to do that and assess what you think if the airplane does have damage history what you think that's worth in affecting the value of that airplane. Right. And we don't want to take anything away from some shops out there that are absolutely top-notch, top-tier oh, yeah. shops. We yes. know, for example, that if an airplane has a gear up or it has some other significant damage, we would prefer to see certain shops yes. in the logs that have been through that airplane to give us and the future owners the confidence they need that this thing was repaired properly. But that still doesn't make it better than new no because if it was better no. than new then they would have done that after they would have damaged it at the factory and sold it that way <laughs> well it, it does it is point it is important to point out though too that damage history is not the end of the world but it it just needs to be considered in any aircraft purchase you know we we uh, you know i would buy an airplane that has been damaged if I knew it was repaired properly and the circumstances were otherwise right. It's accounted for in the value and all right. that. I mean, I'll be honest, I would do it. Uh, so you, you, you buy an airplane with damage history that wasn't just buffed out? <laughs> well, that'll buff out. Chris knows that's my one of my little pet peeves. Uh, you cannot read an internet forum uh, where an aircraft has been damaged, usually wrecked, where somebody doesn't have to put, oh, it'll buff out. At some point, that joke has lost its humor in my life. So. Sometimes it's serious. That's what the scary part of it is. <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> Duct tape and bailing wire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, if the, uh, you know, you, you had commented the other day about this thought, and I'm curious what you're, what you're getting at. When you talk about if a, if a seller says the price is firm, it's $150,000 firm or whatever. What, what do you, why, why is that a red flag to you? You know, it, it, most of what it shows me is that they're going to be tough to work with. They're, they're going to be just a bear. Um, and I, maybe not, uh, but more times than not, the only time you'll see firm is when it's a for sale by owner airplane, uh, which brings its own challenges with it. 
but when you're firm to me, it just is like, okay, uh, I, I'm not even going to call. Uh, it's kind of like people not posting their prices. Yes, the yes, I knew that's where you're going. Yes. Because that's irritating to me as well. Uh, you know, post the price, open the door, let somebody come in and have a conversation. Uh, that's what we want to do. We want to we have a conversation with people because we never know where it's going to go. Buyers change their minds, sellers change their minds, market changes, yes. who knows. And so uh, firm just tells me, you know, I, I've got my heels stuck in the mud and, and I'm just not going to, to move or budge or, or really probably give you much information at all. That's just my experience. Okay. Well, and that's a, that's a valid point. I think that, uh, that you're going to get a feel for the buyer or the seller, I should say, as you work with them. Uh, honestly, most, most of us, most people you talk to are pretty nice overall, though, pretty... Uh, but you will come across that guy now and then who you just have a uh, immediately a personality conflict with. But let's go down that path for a minute. It's maybe not a red flag, but you call. Let's say you you call about a, a guy who has he has his airplane for sale by owner, and he says something that you don't like. That's a, a red flag to you right away. But you really think his airplane might be still one that you want. How how do you approach that as a buyer? Uh, how do you smooth things over, or, or how do you, what do you think? I mean, you got any well, thoughts? Well, first on that? off, yeah, and that's a good, a good question. And first off, I think uh, if if something doesn't feel right or doesn't smell right, it's probably not right. Yeah. So you've got to at, at some point as a buyer uh, relinquish your emotional attachment to that airplane. I know airplanes are emotional; people get emotional about them all the time. Uh, we, we try to discourage against that because it really keeps you from making a wise business decision mm -hmm. on the airplane. <clears throat> but if it just doesn't look right, sound right, then just be one to say, hey, thanks for your time and hang up. Uh, you know, if you're not the kind of person that can really uh, ask a lot of questions and maybe ask the same question two or three different ways to try to figure out what's going on. But if you feel like that seller is not... Uh, fully disclosing or being transparent with you, I, I don't care how nice the airplane is. Uh, you, you gotta you gotta walk away from it because you, you ulti ultimately, at the end of the day, you need to have the trust uh, and the confidence so that when after you sign the dotted line, you're mm -hmm. not you know turning around over your shoulders to, to deal with something. And, and frankly, there's there's some folks out there that are tough to deal with. They are they're just bears. They're not they're not friendly uh, and and. You know, Todd, you had something today that I thought was freaking funny. Uh, <laughs> that that ad that you saw from a Fizbo seller, what was that? Yeah, he uh, <laughs> he says in his ad, "Don't call me." To he had a couple comments. I can't think of the first one. The second was, "Don't don't call me to talk about the airplanes you've owned." <laughs> I thought that was really funny. <laughs> and there, but it is as a seller, you know, there people have to deal with with those kinds of of callers so i would say as a buyer don't be that guy be serious before you call somebody yeah be serious I and mean, if you if you are selling if you're predisposed to be that way if you're if you're not you know the quote unquote people person or you just don't have time then hire somebody mm -hmm. to work with you to sell the airplane they're going to save you tons of headache we get that comment over and over again like man chris i just don't want to i don't want to deal with buyers okay fine we'll love to, we'll deal with them yeah. happy to answer questions for them because we do, we do talk a lot to people who are just searching for information, who, but that's part of our job. We, we provide that. That's what we do. But you may be in a situation as a seller where you don't have the time 
to offer that uh, to just chat to the guy with the guy about hey in general a36s are great airplanes because of this so that is that's a key point I wanted to ask uh, what if the buyer or what if the seller uh, doesn't want to do something that you feel is necessary to evaluate the airplane. For example, uh, do a test flight or a, uh, uh, or there just somehow isn't a possibility of doing a test flight or worse she, she at a pre-buy. What, I mean, I know what I would, I think I would do, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, you, well, uh, at some point you may have to walk away. Yeah. Um, but at some point, here's the thing too, though. As a buyer, you need to understand that uh, it's not always reasonable to ask the seller for a test flight without you making some kind of commitment. You know, these guys um, uh, and, and sellers all over, whether it's a broker like us or, um, or an individual, they get people that want to come in and fly their airplane, and then you don't ever hear from them again. Mm-hmm. So you need to you need to be. Uh, as a, as a buyer, stand up and say, hey, uh, I'm willing to make a commitment on this airplane, contingent upon um, me liking it, then I'll get my deposit back or I can walk away from it or the contract's null and void or however you want to you word it. But, but you as the buyer need to also realize you just can't, you can't be loosey-goosey and expect the seller to go along with you all the way. That being said, if the seller uh, is you know, very unaccommodating and, and at no point wants to do a test flight or uh, a pre-buy, then you know those are things you need to be able to do as a buyer, just to you know, basic due diligence. So, uh, is that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah, I would agree completely. You have to uh, be able to have access to those things. Now, it's not not every airplane, I suppose, needs a a, a test flight, but most and we sell airplanes off and on where there is no test flight involved, but most of them do. The majority do. Sure. People like to test. Thing. So as a buyer, especially on the test flight, kind of talking about that for a minute, what what do you tell uh, or do you tell uh, buyers things that they may want to uh, look at specifically during the test flight? Yeah, and, and that's a good question. So if we're representing the buyer as a buyer's agent, then I'll work with that buyer and say, okay, um, whether I'm going along for the test flight or they're going to do it or they're having, we're having somebody else do it, I have a list of things specific to that airplane that we want to look at. So uh, let's say it's a, a Piper Mirage or a Meridian. You know, we're going to look at pressurization and see how the system is working. Uh, but you know, we're going to also want to look at avionics. So there's specific avionics components in there that, that have known issues. We're going to want to look at those and make sure everything's coupling up properly, uh, making sure the airplane flies straight. You know, are you uh, are you having to put in an excessive amount of rudder on on a departure because it's not rigged properly, or is the plane just bent for some funky reason that maybe is not being disclosed? So yeah, I, I always one of the big you mentioned it a little bit. You said coupled up, but the the autopilot is really an important thing to, to have it. You know, you want to see it track a uh, a localizer, track a glide slope, uh, or an LPV approach, or something like that. That's uh, for most buyers, that's a key. That's something you really want to look at on a on a test flight. Yeah, and it's just uh, it's just that one last little thing to make sure that the plane is operating per the specs that you were given. And some things may be inoperative, and you may know about that. That's the beauty. If it's an airplane you're moving up to, 
And since you brought up a Mirage, for example, that's a good, or Meridian, but any PA-46, and you've never flown something like that before, that's when it's good to have a, you know, a, someone is helping you along in the purchase process. Because if you're really, that's probably the time to really think about a, a buyer's agent scenario, I think, isn't it? Where, you know, you're really stepping up into an area that you're not, maybe, you know, you've, you've flown Saratogas, but pressurization, things like that are all new to you, higher operating in, in the flight levels, things of that nature. And that's, uh, so it brings up some additional questions and concerns, which it, expertise you may or may not have at that point. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, I think maybe we'll, we can reserve that for a different podcast because you, you just triggered a bunch of things. And that's, that's a great, a great point. Uh, but getting back to some of the red flags, um, one of the other things that I like to look at is pictures and what they provide and moreover what they don't provide. You know, are, are these pictures all 30 foot pictures where the paint looks great and the interior looks great? Are they showing you little nuances of you know, nicks and chips and dents and hanger rash and torn fabric and stains and all that kind of stuff? Uh, so if they're not willing to provide something, then make sure you're asking there's there's a fair number of brokers it still boggles my mind that don't see the airplanes they represent they're given mm -hmm. those pictures from the seller because that's what the seller wants them to see you know or they just frankly don't know what they're taking a picture of so i think as a as another red flag if you see something or you're not seeing something that you're wanting to see and they're not being cooperative about getting it to you there's probably a reason we hear, and tell me, if, tell me if you agree with this, Todd. I hear, and I think we all hear, uh, buyers who call us up and, and just kind of moan and cry for a little while about the number of listings they've gone to see and how they have not been at all what they thought they were going to be. And those aren't our listings, and I can say that unequivocally. In 15 years of doing this, I think we've had one person ever mention that to us and the reason is is we go and look at those airplanes yes. and we're very diligent about taking pictures and showing things that aren't perfect but occasionally we'll miss something but um we get that a comment a lot well we can't we're not representing the airplane we wish it were we're representing the airplane that it is and i tell i tell people that all the time both both potential clients and buyers because that's just the facts we don't I would love it if it were better than new, but uh, but it's not. So so yeah. And when you're looking at, at pictures, to your point, when you're if you need to see more, a lot of these airplanes are halfway across the country. You know, it'd be great if the airplane you're buying is at the next airport over. That happens definitely, but a lot of times, especially as you get into the the nicer airplanes that are less less common, you know, not just 172s or, or Piper Warriors that are pretty prevalent, but airplanes that are uh, lesser in numbers, you know, you may have to travel three, four states away to go see it. So you would like that information. So as a buyer, I think you need to, if, if you're talking seriously with a seller and, and there's some things you don't, you can't see, before you spend the time, money, and effort to go see it, you may want to ask for more pictures, you know, especially if you're yeah. concerned about a specific aspect of that airplane, too, right. or of that type of airplane. So one, one of the red flags popped up in my mind here before we go, and that deals with pricing. So uh, let me ask you this. 
what is it a buyer has to watch out for in regards to uh, how a seller has a plane priced? And, and where I'm going with this is particularly with uh, upgrades that they've done. So you, know, you get these sellers that have put X number of dollars in there and they are absolutely certain that X number of dollars ought to come back to them. So any thoughts on how to, how to look at that and, and you know, well, decide whether or not you want to be the guy to try to beat this into the, the seller's head <clears throat> or should you just move on? That's a great, that's a great point because uh, it seems like airplane after airplane out there has had $100,000 spent on it in the last year. <laughs> and that's a, uh, that's a lot of money and, and chances are you're not going to think that airplane's worth $100,000 more than what it would have been last year. That's just almost inevitable. So, yeah, how do you approach that? That's a good question. Do you, uh, uh, I mean, you can value things to a degree. You can you can value a, a radio at a percentage of what it costs new. That's one way to look at it. Do a little research. Go to some of the local, you know, or go to the avionics websites, companies that sell radios. And, right. Okay, they, they sell that radio for $15,000, so what do I think it's probably worth today? You know, 10000 5000 half, half, whatever it may be. But so, you get to add all of but, the all the cost of labor and all that. You get to add that to the value of the airplane, right? All no. <laughs> no, sorry. When you spend money on labor, uh, just like if it's got... If, and along those lines, it's if, if it's, well, we just put new tires on it or a new battery last year. Would you buy an airplane, Chris, without a battery or without no, tires? No. So probably those don't add the, the value. If the battery costs you $300, it's not worth $300 more. It's part of it. Yeah. So Sometimes, and you, if you read between the lines, I think on, on pricing, and especially if you just listen a lot to what the seller is saying, and... and uh, just try to figure out what's really going on. It becomes apparent that uh, if they're trying to scrimp every last nickel and dime they've spent on that airplane out of there, I have found, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I've found more often than not that those are the same types of sellers who really haven't spent a lot on maintenance. They've probably been skimping themselves yeah. on, on doing the full. And so, you know, they want to get every nickel and dime out of you but when it comes time to turn the tables they really don't want to spend the nickels and dimes and and dollars and amus on um you know doing it the right way either is that yeah a fair that's a, i think that is a fair assessment the, the 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 money spent it's just airplanes take a lot to uh a lot of AMUs to run, to maintain, to upgrade, and all that. It's part of it, and you're not going to get it all back at the end of the day. You're just not. Yep. And if you don't know what an AMU is, it's a kind of a joke, but it, uh, uh, aircraft monetary unit is what that stands for. And each aircraft monetary unit equals $1,000. So it's easier to explain to your wife or husband that you're spending eight AMUs than this thing is going to cost me eight grand. Yeah. So <laughs> just a, a little way to soften all the, uh, the expenses here. Exactly. With general aviation ownership. So, well, listen, let's wrap this up. Todd, thanks. Uh, is there anything else you can think of? No, no, I think I, I, I hope that helps the buyers a little bit, gives you some thoughts. Uh, certainly, we'd be happy to talk to you, answer questions, and maybe we can help you in a, in a buying situation when you say. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. We'd love to work with you. Uh, we, uh, we work with a number of customers who are doing just that. 
they've had trouble finding the right airplane. They, they've been led down the primrose path more times than they care to be. And they want to just uh, have somebody that, uh, that's there to watch their interests. And, and ultimately, uh, two to three years down the road after their purchase, they can look back and say, wow, that was a great experience. I've, I, I've saved some money here and I've got into the right airplane uh, the first time. And, and that's what our goal is. So if we can help you out at all, Todd, uh, me, Chris, or uh, our Mac, we'd love to visit with you, 888-773-4249, or check us out at flywildblue.com. Thanks so much. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Wild Blue Podcast. Find us online at flywildblue.com. And don't forget to subscribe and share.